0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is the 415ers podcast brought to you by the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network with 95.7 The Game coming at you twice a week here in the offseason. That's Mark. I'm Evan. Follow him on social at Mark Grandy. Mark with a C, Grandy with an I. You can follow myself at egettings 10 Follow the 415ers at four one fivers okay mark well there was another another um quote that that caught our eye this week with the 49ers and it came from tight end george kittle he was on theo vaughn who is a comedian he's actually pretty funny i do enjoy his stuff uh was on his podcast talking about you know kind of just like sort of the rigors of the nfl season kittle who is very um realistic and I think articulate and he opens up a lot about his personal life. Obviously he's, he's very entertaining off the field, but he's also very open and honest. And I do appreciate that about him was talking about the stress that specifically social media can cause. I think he was talking about football players, but he he meant athletes, he said athletes and basically that, you know, because people nitpick and grab videos and hone in on one player's worst moment, that it can sort of follow them either for a game, for a season, for a career. First place my mind went was JaVale McGee and Shaq did a fool. He kind of became sort of associated with those low light clips, even though he ended up having a near 20 year career in the NBA is playing. Uh, but George Kittle with football was talking about how social media has allowed people to basically tear apart uh, certain athletes when they want to. And, I'll throw it to you first and ask your thoughts on this because I have some of my own, but I don't think he's necessarily that far off.
1: No, and I think it's fair. First of all, um, I think it's hard for us and you know 99% of our audience to fairly understand what George Kittle is talking about um, because we don't live in the same public sphere that George Kittle does and that his, his teammates do. Um, We don't know what it's like to open up Twitter, you know, try to take your mind off, you know, a bad game or, you know, issues at home or just a bad day in general, try to distract yourself and you open up Twitter or Instagram or whatever. And the first thing you do is, oh my, first thing you see is, oh my gosh, how did George Kittle drop that? touchdown like it was writing in his hands there was no one near him it's embarrassing and it has a hundred thousand impressions and there's people talking about all over the place like it's impossible for you and me and, and our audience to understand what that feels like so I think first of all um I trust George Kittle in this instance because I have no personal experience at that level to be able to say yeah I know what you're feeling like but I can kind of imagine I mean, I use social media probably more than I should, but I like to use it as an escape, as a distraction. Um, and if what I see was was people maybe not attacking, but at least making fun of a mistake I made, that will be a little hard to swallow for me. So I, I can understand where George Kittle coming from.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. And I think the introduction of publicly accessible tape, like All22, for example, yeah. allows you or I or a media member or the average fan who's willing to pay for it, access to all of these plays. And they can literally hone in if they'd like on a single play on a single player and follow them throughout a game. And in football, I do think it's different than basketball or even baseball because there's so many different moving parts at the same time. It doesn't often jump off your screen when a minor mistake is made. And I think this is what George Kittle is kind of talking about is that those minor mistakes get highlighted by someone that is looking for it and that is looking to try and damage the image or the play of a particular NFL athlete that I do understand. And I think that social media has maybe heightened that aspect of criticism when it comes, for, uh, comes to NFL players, where I would push back is this. If we're being honest, Mark, this has happened since the introduction of sports. Like it, it, it hasn't it has now evolved through social media but uh what do they do on sports center they show highlights they have a sports center not top 10 they show low lights uh before television there was print and athletes were heavily criticized by writers going back to the 1870s when baseball was introduced like there was and, and a lot of horror stories of the amount of um You know, criticism that certain athletes in all sports would take, you know, the the amount of vitriol that they would receive from fans because of what was written about them and specific plays that were highlighted throughout these games. I mean, you could look at the great home run race of 1961 and read about how Roger Maris's hair was falling out because of the pressure and the people not wanting him to break this record and Mickey Mantle being the guy that everyone wanted to do it. Um, Doug Williams dealing with the criticism of being the first black quarterback to to win a Super Bowl and the fallout from that and some of the things that were written about him and how fans treated him. Um, You know, and even nowadays, of course, with the amount of highlights we see posted on social media for NBA players and guys stumbling over themselves, or getting crossed over, getting dunked on, like all of that has always been there. And while I do think that Kittle's point is valid about social media, maybe, maybe, um, evolving it or turning it up a certain notch at the end of the day, I do kind of push back a little because that's kind of always been the case.
1: It has been, uh, but it's more easily accessible. And I think there's probably uh, there's a much greater likelihood that if you were to make a mistake and I, I think it's also important to know, especially in a sport like football, uh, as you were saying, if you're searching, like you you don't even have to just be watching a game normally You say, hey, George Kittle dropped that pass. Like, I'm going to go make fun of him on on Twitter. You could have a predisposition to not like someone. Say you were a fan of the Nebraska Cornhuskers. So naturally, you hate George Kittle because he's an Iowa Hawkeye. You're like, you know what? I'm going to have some fun at his expense on Twitter today. I'm going to go and watch the game film and look for something he did wrong. And football is such a sport with so many plays with such intricate blocking schemes. You can find something that a player did wrong, at least one, probably more like a handful, no matter how good you are, no matter if you're a future Hall of Fame or not, you can find a mistake that any individual player made in any individual game, Um, and it's just so much more accessible to your point. So I, I think that you're right. This sort of thing has happened. It's just the nature of humanity uh, but it's way more accessible now. I mean, when you first brought this up, the first thing I thought of, um, and this isn't necessarily, you know, down the, uh, I don't know, the the vitriol road. It's, it hasn't been a terrible situation. But the first thing I thought of was Mark Sanchez and the butt fumble. When I say Mark Sanchez, it's the first thing you think of, right? And that Dan was Orlovsky. Like, <laughs> Dan Orlovsky running out of the back of the end zone, 100%. I mean, the butt fumble was, what, like 08? Like something like that. It was it was around the beginning of Twitter and, and social media, but nowhere near where we currently are. No, not many people were on tweeting about the butt fumble when the butt fumble happened. But that is, was so popular and and so incredible. I mean, I'm I'm not lying. That that was pretty funny. It was a funny moment. Um, funny as hell. Really funny. Hilarious. And it has you know survived all the way until now. You scroll on Twitter on any given Sunday during the football season, you'll probably see at least a gif of the butt fumble. That's just how popular that is. Um, Now, to Mark Sanchez's credit, he's taken it very well, and he's been a good sport, and he's laughed at it. And, you know, so it's not that big of a deal. But not everyone's built the same way to handle criticism the same way. Um, It is interesting. It's an interesting conversation because you can see both sides, and you can also see how these – modern athletes are probably asked to put up with a little bit more in terms of of that criticism from the normal person because you get it from the media members whenever you were an athlete but you didn't necessarily get it in a medium in which you could actively see it every day from just any old fan
0: before history is written
1: Bobby Orr, behind the next-
0: played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever the stanley cup final on abc and espn plus begins saturday yeah no those are great points i also think that you know, a player, for example, that jumps to mind of the 49ers that may have been, I don't know if affected by this because he's talking about stress, and I don't think this player, at least to me, was affected by stress, but definitely perceived by the fans would be Mike McGlinchey, who's currently no longer on the team. That guy gets associated with, all of his downfalls and particularly the play that Jimmy Garoppolo broke his ankle on because he missed a block. Whereas if you look at the totality of his season, you go through each play by play, you're going to see that he had a pretty damn good year, but it gets associated with the low light. And that I think is what George Kittle is also speaking to on conversely. I also think that some athletes do get a little bit heightened by some social media play and I mean, like, okay, you're talking about the butt fumble. A player to me that was benefited by social media far more than was ever necessary is Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow, each and every week, was hyped up for one throw or two throws or a one shining moment and was a dog water quarterback for the better part of his NFL career. That guy was not a good quarterback. And yet, each and every week, he gets hyped up on these, you know, sports center shows or or NFL live I, I I apologize for not knowing what shows they had back then but that would be my example of a social media star that didn't necessarily need to be or should not have been looked at as one and I apologize for degrading Tim Tim Tebow but uh, he's the first guy that came to mind
1: do you remember um, a couple years ago, it was now, uh, when Tim Debo was trying to make it in baseball, in the Mets organization, and just the yeah. media circus? I mean, you have experience in minor league baseball. I worked in probably... the same
0: league. Like, I saw him. Like, he yeah. was, he should not have been there.
1: Like, it's, <laughs> and it's and it's ridiculous. What was he in? Like, double A? Was that the highest he got?
0: He was a double A all-star for the Binghamton Rumble Ponies. I'm not game. gonna say that it was because Binghamton was hosting the all-star game that year in the Eastern League and his 260 average compared to the rest of the outfielders was around 10th and they needed to sell tickets. I'm not gonna say that, Mark. I'm not gonna say that.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. But
0: Tim Tebow, yes, he was an all-star in double A at age forty or whatever he was.
1: Yeah, so I mean, that's just to further your point. I mean, he's just a social media darling, is what he is at that point. The fact that he could he could bring all this media attention to double a when in reality no one outside of you know the the fans in the area and the people working the games care about the the results wins or losses all that much just about you know individual players trying to work their way up into the big leagues um but but that's not the case with tim tebow A, a name that came to mind for me on the other extreme you were talking about uh you know careers perhaps inflated by social media and this was Kind of still on the dawn of social media, but if, if I say to you or to any other 49ers fan this name, what do you think of? Kyle Williams. What comes to mind? To drop punts. Yeah. And that's how he's remembered for the rest of his life. Yep. And I I mean, I remember it was it was early. I think it was probably more so Facebook than anything else when that happened. But I remember seeing a lot of people saying some pretty nasty things about him. I don't, I don't even want to repeat them. That yeah, and he, yeah. He, he goes on and, and he has to I mean an, another example uh this isn't even sports related but but the Warriors situation with Andrew Wiggins right now and the rumors that his family is having to deal with I mean that's what these modern day athletes have to deal with today and you might say hey turn off your phone you know like what don't look at it but those are challenges that other athletes in the past haven't had to deal with at least to this level
0: yeah and I don't want to make this about people's low lights but Michael Crabtree. Let's play a name association game.
1: Oh, God. um, That one's a little difficult for me. He had a good career with the Ford Evans, but I just remember him not being able to, to, to catch that touchdown pass in the Super Bowl.
0: And I remember Richard Sherman. And Aaron Andrews like that. But like that's right. that's what kind of social media takes us to for a lot of these players. And it, you know, works well. Like if I say Marshawn Lynch, you think Beastquake, that's that's a positive. Uh, if I say Jimmy Garoppolo, you think oh, that's, missing that's- Emmanuel Sanders or. Yeah, well, stepping <laughs> out of the back of the end zone, really,
1: whatever you. But choose. Jimmy Garoppolo one's a little more difficult. There's, there's a number of them you could choose. Yeah,
0: from. yeah, and I know that's George Kittle's boy, so I apologize using him as a <laughs> as a goat here in this situation, scapegoat, not not greatest, uh, maybe more of a goat, but yeah. <laughs> I, Mark, that's yeah. So basically, I think what George Kittle is discussing is where my, my childish and um, juvenile head heads towards. We need to be better because otherwise these athletes that we love and cover are going to feel more unnecessary stress as a result.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. And I mean, if George Kittle is telling you this, it's probably because he's felt that way in the past. And who knows what that stress does to him in a game? If he's carrying that with him, does it affect his performance? I don't know. Um, so I mean, maybe if you're a fan of the team and you're on social media yelling at George Kittle again, you it's, it's your right. You can do whatever you want, but maybe George Kittle sees it. And maybe he carries that with him into a game. I don't know. And and maybe that affects him.
0: Yeah, I would certainly hope not. Although people have nice things to say about George Kittle. He seems like a decent dude. Seems like a great Um, dude. (laughs) <laughs> That'll wrap up this episode of the four ers fivers podcast. Uh, please let us know if you have any feedback for the show. Obviously ratings reviews are appreciated on um, wherever you download your podcast from. But if you want to DM either of us with suggestions, questions, topics, we'd be happy to hear them. We are covering the 49ers of course, for the Odyssey sports podcast network and 95 seven, the game. That is Mark Grandy. I'm Evan Giddings. We are coming at you twice a week. We'll be back on Tuesday with our next episode. As we look ahead towards the draft, there's a Ooh. lot going on for the 49ers. I know they don't have a top pick, but there's still a lot to discuss, so we look forward to doing that as we say goodbye on this episode of the Four 415ers podcast. We appreciate you tuning in. We'll talk to you next time.